Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Number one. Oh, yeah. Bengals Podcast. Oh. I'm your host, Adam. Yeah. I'm joined as always by Dr. Hoji D. Electric Esmoji. Yeah. And John Barry Manilow Sheeran. Oh, yeah. One. How are you doing, guys? Great. Really? I, yeah, well, I'm great. And I am not worried, and I'm going to explain that in the next segment, why I don't get flustered with the Bengals' up-and-down season. But first, I have to explain why you should go watch the show, not here, where it is free, but on Brinks.tv. Where, where it is also free. Where it is also free. But it is a better deal. Not every free item is the same deal. Yeah. No two and frees are the same. No. And speaking of free, yeah, this tie that you gave me for Kwanzaa, right? Is there any, how shall we say, presidential significance to it? Because I've never had a gold tie before. I was really it's grateful. It's funny to you get mentioned it. presidential significance because Brinks.tv has the Ray Lewis show, and they recently had one of the greatest heroes in our nation's history. I'm talking about Mariano Rivera, oh, who no. won the Medal of Freedom. No. Yeah. And he he did win the Medal of Freedom, but he won it for, for being a Trump great, supporter. And yeah, and it is because the show is about charity, depravity, and the championship mentality. It is and not so about Lewis, depravity. He's had a lot of great guests, a lot of great former athletes who also care very much about the nation. But there's a lot of great content on Brinks.tv. There's a new podcast. Hold on, Courtney. I want to get the name right. It is... Yeah, it is called Damned If You Don't. That does not sound right. And it is hosted by Kirk Cameron. Oh, my gosh. And it is about all the things that earn you eternal damnation, including supporting the wrong candidates. Hosted live on the Enterprise. No, no, no. That uh, that is not... uh, This is basically a MAGA, you know, a a MAGA dream. I don't know what politics. I'm not going to assume anything. These are not true shows. But okay, but no, there's a real show. There's a real show. It is called Inside the Shield with Pro Football Mobs. It is hosted by Falcons defensive and defensive tackle Brady Jarrett, John. I'm sure you've heard of him. Grady Jarrett. Right. Right. So, and here's the thing. The show is is fascinating. It is hosted by moms. His his mom, Brady's Grady's mom, Alicia, She's on the show. It's called The Shield because they want to protect their natural motherly instincts, protect their children. And they have some innovative proposals for football, including, Courtney, let me just make sure I get this right, instituting pillow fights instead of traditional football. No. 
And they want to have, hold on, cook-offs with nutritious foods so that their, their babies are eating right. And whoever wins the cook-off is the Super Bowl champion. It is a fascinating show. So forward-thinking. And listen to this. The One of the upcoming guests is DJ Reader, his mom. Not DJ Reader, but his mom. That, right? that's, it, real. that's real. That's real. I can see. That is real. Thing. Yeah. And her mom, his mom's name, guess what his mom's name is? John. MJ you don't know? See, John, John, John is supposed to be the, the guy. He is our information guy. John, I know, his, I know his mom's name. Do you know the mom's name? Well, you looked it up. Poor John. Why oh, is I don't want to know what it's not. So do, do we have anyone else that can say it? I will. Uh, yes, Courtney. Yes, Miss Felicia is going to be with us. She is going to be on the shield and she has some great ideas about protecting DJ Reader. And, uh, and, and really, I, 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 I am not a football mom, but I think they have lined me up, right, Courtney, to be on the show. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And okay. On the show. You skirted the tie question. It says number 45 as the brand. What does that mean? Well, you know. Dollar. Yeah. I mean, there, is, there was a golden age in history. 45 represents a very important time in our history. Yeah. I would leave it at that. But look, guys, Chargers against the Bengals, that was a crazy game. It was sad. Okay. And Justin Herbert, I, I, I turn on that game and I see him flinging and slinging these passes, you know, 45, 50, 60 yards down the field like they're nothing. And John, I mean, these were like a lot of 50 50 balls, right? But he didn't care. He was attacking. He was. Well, he, he was, has a good arm. He has a good arm. And he, John, I haven't seen a lot of him, by that I mean nothing before that game. But I felt like he was trying to prove something. I felt like he was trying to say, this is what the physical upside looks like. No, that's just how he plays. Don't man. you want me, you know, don't you, don't you wish you had me? I think you're trying to make something into something that it wasn't. No, I, yeah. I, that's really what I think. I really felt like Justin Herbert like, had something to prove. That, that's what he does, though. That's, that's, what, Ho that's, that's what, what Hoji does. just said. Like, okay. people are looking at those 50-50 balls, and it's like an indictment on Herbert's accuracy or decision-making or whatnot. He can make those no, throws those because... No, like, that's why he makes those throws, because he yeah. can, and yeah. only maybe four other quarterbacks in the league can. Like yeah. no no disrespect to Joe Burrow, but he doesn't have that cannon. He doesn't have that no. howitzer, if if, if if that's what you want to call it. Like What's those that? throws are possible because he can get it there from point A to point B in yeah. an instant a lot quicker than others. And if it ends up being contested catch situations, then that is what it is. But it's half of the equation, and it's the more valuable half of the equation. If I if I say so myself. Yeah. Well, I mean, look the the guy Andrew Russell, I think, Pro Football Focus. John, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, he, he was talking a lot about how Burrow had a better game and Pro Football Focus said he had a better game. And a lot of people are upset. They're like, oh, Pro Football Focus based in Cincinnati. Oh, what are you talking about? But it's interesting. They said Joe Burrow had five big-time throws compared to Herbert's one. Four. And it looked like, yeah, John. Four? Four big-time throws? Five? Something yeah. like that, yeah. It was four. And he it, also had some big-time interceptions. No, but hold on. Let's 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 stay on top. One at a time. One at But time. I think he had a better overall grade than Herbert too. Yeah, he did. And and the thing is, you know, when I watched that game early with on, with a broken pinky, that's true. 
But no, but I mean, but we really, we really had that game. We we were ready to come back. We were we had incredible momentum. I think it was the mix and the fumble that kind of killed. I I have never seen a comeback like that in recent Bengals history. Well, it's never it, happened before. It like they've yeah. never come down. They've never come 24. back from twenty four point deficit. Yeah, they they didn't have the game. They they lost it initially, and then it's just a matter of like if you want to talk about Burrow versus Herbert. Herbert's guys made plays and Burrow's guys didn't, unfortunately. Burrow's yeah. guys were fumbling. Arguably and... his best throw of the game ended up as an interception when it should have been a touchdown. Yeah. yeah. That hurt. I would say and, this. and Mixon's fumble. I would say this. Yeah, those two plays, those were the two well, the defense early on. Again, again, I, I, it's like how do you blame the defense? Uh, you know, that's true, Andrew. Burrow was fast. It was was Burrow's very swollen pinky. Had the, pinky. Andrew says Burrow's like, swollen pinky like had a better game than of, Herbert. I know. I know. Hoji knows a lot about curses. I feel like there was yeah. a curse because you remember before the game, I said a slingy and the brain, and you know right. the original is pinky and the brain, was the cartoon. You took, you took it too far. And I referred to Herbert as a slingy, and then Herbert, then Burrow's pinky, you know, exploded. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's some. No, no, that's sling, a fact. Slinging a, a derogatory fact. pun, though. Like, I no, feel I don't like think sl- so. But I guess, no. I guess the, the the gods or whatever that cursed us thought it was. That yeah. was their interpretation. Right? But the Chargers are usually ones who who are cursed. I feel like that's not. That's just, called a mojo boomerang. That's yeah. that's a it's a form of karma. I, I just want to say this. Here's why I'm not discouraged by that loss. Okay, because the Bengals they came apart with the turnovers and they had all these mistakes. Okay. But they they still look like a very talented team, and they look like a team that you know when they 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 look like they can beat anybody on any given day. That is what I like about this team. Like if they're in the playoffs, there's a seventy five percent chance they're going to be great, and there's a twenty five percent chance they're going to have another one of those kind of sloppy, messy games. Which you don't think it's closer to to fifty fifty? No. Which brings I I think it's closer to fifty fifty. Let us talk about Zach gets flack because. Zach, Zach gave again. himself the flag. Zach was totally yeah. blaming himself for this loss. And well, I think I that's think so. a sign of yeah, and that's a sign of maturity. He said it was on me. It was well, my it was my my bad, my play calling. I mean, and he hasn't he done that for pre- He does. I noticed he even has a little mustache, you know, growing the little uh, peach fuzz. A prepubescent mustache, up. yeah. But he here's the thing. Yeah. But here here's the thing though. He hasn't done that in previous games, which tells me that there is something he feels he himself could have done differently. Here. Well, this was one of those games where it was like it really looked like a terribly coached game because of how sloppy we were in every kind of aspect. You know, I well, mean, there were key people how hurt too, though. Yeah, but I mean, the, the mix and fumble was was very strange, you know. And but I mean, I guess. I don't know, John, how you can blame coaching for that. Maybe they just the team wasn't in sync, or I don't know. No, I don't think he was blaming himself he, for the mix. He, he, took, he took blame in two separate instances. One being they wanted to go for two in a situation when they were down by 24. They score the first, their first touchdown. They go for two. It makes it a two-score game instead of a three-score game. They take a timeout to try to decide what they're going to do with that two-point conversion. And then for whatever reason, the communication was not there going to, going to the offense coming out of the timeout. Then they have to take a delay a game. It's the most... I've never seen anything like it. That that should not happen based off of what they did to try to prevent that from happening. So yes, that that's 100% on Zach Taylor. And then after that, like we we, we saw Joe Burrow's pinky hurt for the first time, like noticeably grimacing in pain on the sideline, trying to like throw through it before the offense gets back on the field. And they're not even sure what they're 
able to do with him out there clearly in pain trying to fight through this and they're trying to make this like a two minute drill down the field to get a score before halftime and it's third down the clock is dwindling away instead of spiking the ball to go for a Hail Mary they just decide to go to the locker room because they're not even sure if this guy can throw down the field it was a lot of mismanaging in some of these crucial moments that you know it's on coaching, but I think I kind of agree with Hoji here. The two biggest instances in this game where it turned, it's not on the coaches. It's yeah. on Jamar Chase dropping that clear touchdown and Joe Mixon fumbling away the game. It just is what it is. Courtney, it's not the first it. time. It's not the first time. Listen, I love yeah. Jamar, and I was going to personally apologize to Jamar and his family because I was really rough on him in the preseason, and he's yeah. been amazing. But yeah. it's not the first time that Jamar's hands have caused a problem for the Bengals. Well, let us, I let think us, he's got to work on that. He's really got to work on that. I saw Captain Bengal was uh, suggesting changing his gloves. I don't know if that would do it. No. No, I, I think here's the thing. I think he's trying to make a lot of big plays, and he's a young player. And, John, I don't know if you, know, you remember, but I remember Randy Moss. I always think of that, you know, that Cowboys Thanksgiving game. You know, they always show that the stat line, three mm-hmm. catches, 156 yards or whatever, three touchdowns. A lot of people forget it should have been four catches for 200 yards and four touchdowns, but he dropped the last one. And the reason he dropped it was because he was so good. He was so athletic, so much better that he was already thinking about the end zone before he even caught it. And I think with a guy like Jamar Chase being that talented, having it come that naturally to him, he's always thinking of the big play. And I, I don't think it's a problem with the catching. It's a problem with the concentration. And that is going to be fixed very soon. Well, I mean, but he didn't, just at, miss the, he didn't just miss the ball. He caused an interception. So right. well, if he, he had just missed the, cause, I don't think he meant to cause the interception. Did he say that? I don't think so. But look at one the, thing to drop. He popped. Yeah, he popped. So, yeah. I mean, if he went to drop, it's okay, but don't pop. Courtney, can we pull up the chart, please? So those two plays... We had, they, they lowered our, what Whoa. is called the EPA, which Hoji is going to hate this because the Bengals are the least environmentally friendly team in the NFL when it comes to turnovers. If you look at their EPA loss from turnovers, it is that like is negative sad. 100 and like, like 15 points. I can't read it. My glasses actually are not, they don't have lenses. <laughs> they're just, they're just for a style. I oh, can't wow. see that. I can't see the chart, but but Courtney, it is it is somewhere in the hundreds of points that we've lost from turnovers. John, am I am I understanding it correctly? Basically, you have these kind of plays when we turn the ball over. It is really hurting us more than any other team in the league. It's not just hurting them; it's hurting the environment. The, that red is the amount of greenhouse gases that they're that they're. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah. That's what this I'm is so it's sad. Lot, it's a lot of carbon no, but, that's being kept. But I don't think this atmosphere. is what EPA means. But you know what's funny? Okay, so I'm looking at this chart, right? Yeah. Now, look at the number one team in the AFC. Look where they are. Right. I, they're not that. I mean, they're, they're, they're well, better. Well, but they're not that much better. They have a rookie quarterback. I, mean, I know. I know. But what I'm saying is, I don't. I think this is a, a factor. I think it's a small factor. But this, but this is the problem with. It's not necessarily the coaching, which I think a lot of people wanted to blame. It's the turnovers, honestly. And yeah, you can live with that so long as you have the positive EPA in this case to counteract it. But when you have games like this and games like the Browns, when you turn the ball away and you put your defense in compromising situations, you are going to get creamed more times than not. Yeah, but John, it's not, it's not just the number of turnovers. I mean, I don't think we lead the league in turnovers. It's the no, nature it, it's, of it. It's the criticalness yeah. of the turnovers. It's the critic. Yes, yes, and we're not we are not turning it over the right way. We need to learn how to turn it over, like treating turnovers like punts, basically. Am I right? You just 
Well, one of them was returned for a touchdown, so yeah, yeah. not good. L- less of that. You know what was? Are we going to talk about the pinky? The pinky, John. The, the it's pinky. dislocated. What is it? Mean? Is it is. Can, can he play again? Yeah, because um, he played. Guess, he, he played through it, and that's going to be the worst it's going to be. So, so like, but that, but usually injuries are, are are not worse on day one. They're worse at like a, about four or five days after. Well, he's yeah, not going to have mean, surgery on it. It's like. It's just going to heal. You know, but yeah. I do wish we had a backup QB who could really take over some of these games. Well, that, that, forget it. It's an old topic. But I mean, you're talking about we have a top five quarterback in the league. You're talking about the backup. Whoever you put in, is it's going to be a huge drop-off. He could be a, he could be a borderline a starter kind of backup, which is the best you can get. And we're still going to have a huge drop-off. And we're talking about a, a quarterback who is Yes and no. Yes and no. I think part of what everybody's missing is that is working about the Bengals. It's not just Burrow. It's the system. I, I disagree. The offensive system works really well when it works. And Burrow is able to use that system. Burrow is able to read no, that he system. The system. He is He's not the system. Because of him. It's, it's all because of him. Look, here's the thing. So I talked, I talked about Andrew Russell, and I invited him to be our guest today to talk about Ooh. 49ers versus Bengals. And he, he blocked me, which was probably a wise move. Yeah, I blocked the, you too. Yeah. So, so apparently he doesn't want to be on the show. That is that is how I understood. Neither it. do I. And we couldn't find any 49ers fans who wanted to be on the show. So today we have a very special guest. Oh who's yeah. An expert on the Cincinnati Bengals and he writes for cincyjungle.com. I'm talking about John Sheeran. Wow. He's our guest today. Yes. We had no guest. Oh, here he Welcome. Is. Hey John, welcome Hello. to the show. There we go. Yeah, so John of course is a senior intern at the NHS Sports. That is why he's technically a guest. We can't put his name on any of the branding material because then, you know, we can't monetize his name yet. So, John... It explains the lack of paychecks, too. Right, right. John, so you were telling me about how you have this, this irrational fear of Mike Shanahan or, or his son, Kyle Shanahan, and what his teams do to the Cincinnati Bengals. That handsome devil seems to have their number, man. Go back to 2019. It's the first home game of the Zach Taylor era. They drop, I think, 41 points on the earliest iteration of Louis Arumo's defense. That defense has evolved. It's gotten better. It's gotten better personnel. A couple weeks ago, about a month ago now, the Bengals played the Jets, and they played Shanahan's former offensive coordinator. His name escapes me. I think it's Mike McCoy. He runs a very similar system to what Kyle Shanahan does, still does in San Francisco, just of slightly lesser athletes and obviously a lesser quarterback. And that defense dominated the Bengals for four quarters in New York. And I don't think it's a coincidence that similar concepts and similar athletes did similar things to eviscerate that defense. Now they got this 49ers offense again with the same quarterback, but almost even better athletes and just as good, if not better, of an offensive line. I think it's honestly the biggest test that this defense will face all season. And that's saying something because Jimmy Garoppolo on the surface shouldn't necessarily scare opposing defenses, but there's only one quarterback with the highest EPA per play since week eight and the highest PFF grade since week eight, and it's Jimmy Garoppolo. He's not playing fantastic, but he's playing incredibly efficient, and that, I think, does not bode well for a Bengals defense that seems to have problem against premier athletes. I mean, it's interesting. Jimmy Garoppolo, he first came to the 49ers. Remember, John? He won like six or seven games, I think, right? I mean, he was on fire. And it was kind of because, you know, he, he wasn't expected to be to carry the team. 
And then he kind of lost his job, but not officially. And, you know, he's just kind of, like you said, he's just in there to kind of, as a placeholder, trying to win games again. And he's, he's slowly finding his place in the system. And, and Elijah Mitchell, the, the running back, has been absolutely on fire. He's a rookie running back. And uh, he's, he's, John, I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but he, you said he's the highest PFF graded and he has the highest EPA and he's a great average. And so when you have that kind of efficient running game and you have a guy with ability like Garoppolo, he's not a nobody. He's not a nobody. He's, he's, he can be a very good quarterback. So yeah, it's it is a it is a daunting matchup. You know? But the reason why it scares me is because I think with how the Bengals offense is clearly in this flux and a lack of identity, and you cannot count on consistency with them. The one thing that like you need consistently week in week out is a stable defense. And I don't and I think that for the most part, like the opponents that they have left, I think you can feel confident in the Bengals defense being able to match up with them. I think this one though specifically is the one where you probably have the least amount of confidence that they're going to keep this game in a manageable reach for that offense. So if you're if you have to have like 30 points in this game with the way that the offense is playing right now, I think that bodes some concern for you. Yeah, but let us go to along the lines because John, I know that we have, you know, Trey Hendrickson is on the road, eight games in a row with the sack, mm-hmm. right, and he's facing the best tackle in the league a guy who I wanted the Bengals to sign, but obviously he was about eight times the price they were willing to pay. Uh, you know, it's like 20 something million dollars a year. But uh, what do you think? Does Trey keep it going? I mean, maybe he, they move him around, but I mean, do you think he'll find success against Trent? Trent Williams is not picture perfect against uh, pass rushers. I think he's more dominant as a run blocker. And this is interesting because they, the Bengals take Trey Hendrickson off the field a lot for running plays. Uh, they like to implement rotations with Wyatt Ray, Camp Sample on some of those obvious running downs. That's where Trent Williams completely dominates, and he's far away like the best run blocking left tackle. But, I mean, those skills also translate in pass protection too. Trey Hendrickson has been kind of matchup proof. It hasn't really mattered the quality of left tackle that he goes up against. He'll typically end up with at least one sack per game, and that's why he's on this eight-game streak. And only like a handful of defenders in NFL history have had longer streaks than the one that he's currently on. It's still going to be tough, though, because Hendrickson wins a lot with technique and hand placement and stuff like that. But Trent Williams and his just mammoth size and athleticism, that usually negates technique from opposing pass rushers. So and Hendrickson is going to need his absolute best game to get past Williams. And if he doesn't, the, the rest of the 49ers offensive line is pretty damn good too. And and the Bengals pass rush is largely dependent on Trey Hendrickson winning one-on-one matchups. And he's going to have the toughest one that he's faced all year. But, but, but despite that, John, but despite that, my understanding was that the Bengals do particularly bad against the teams that have a very strong run game, right? And isn't it the case that the 49ers don't? Well, that, that's the whole other element to this as well, and that only compounds, I think, on the fear and, and the, the, the mismatch and the, and the bad matchup that the Bengals face right now. Elijah Mitchell, he's talented, but the scheme and the offensive line and the athleticism, that, that's what makes the, the entire system go, right? And, and Mitchell's just there for the ride, just kind of like how Jimmy G is a quarterback. I think Daddy just mentioned that. So they spread you out. They go wide. Yeah. They go horizontal on you, and that kind of gives the Bengals some fits. Yeah. I think I, I'm looking forward this this coming game against the 49ers for an angry Joe Mixon. This is a man who does not fumble a lot. 
And I know he's feeling guilty about that fumble. And Joe Mixon has been an absolute star this whole year. And I think that this is going to be the game for Joe Mixon to, to show up. You got your, your QB's finger is hurty, hurty. And you got to, you got to get the guy run to the, run to the, the, the yards and, and make it happen. And that's what I'm looking forward to. And, and, and in addition to probably a 70-yard Evan McPherson field goal, which I've been of waiting course. for. But we also, yeah, but we also have on that side of the ball for our offense, we have to worry about Nick Bosa. Oh, obviously, Bosa with the Mosa, yeah. Who's received a lot of, you know, recognition. Bosa the Samosa. Presidents and all sorts of people. I mean, this guy is yeah. a very decorated Wrong. player. Yeah. And uh, and the thing about Nick Bosa, John, is we might not have Riley Reef back. I know that's sad. And so he could be going up against Isaiah Prince. How did Prince do in his, in I, his first start, John? Hoji, did you want to say something? No, no, no I was just saying, I, I think a lot of these guys are going to be back for our first playoff game. That's my hope. Go ahead, John. Sorry. The Bengals luckily avoided Joey Bosa last week because he suffered a concussion in the first quarter. And I wasn't particularly concerned from the from the Bengals' uh, standpoint because I thought that they were going to give the older Bosa, in this case, a lot of attention, maybe chip him, double-team him. And Isaiah Prince did fine when that plan kind of went away because Bosa was off the field. He had a lot of one-on-one matchups with his backup. And honestly, Isaiah Prince did fine in pass protection. So I think he kind of lucked out a little bit and avoided some one-on-ones with the older Bosa. Now he's got the younger Bosa, who's honestly just as good, if not a little bit more athletic than the older Bosa in this case. But I think the plan is going to be the same. The 49ers defensive line, it's mainly just, it goes through Bosa, just like the Bengals' defensive line goes through Hendrickson. It's just that one guy lines up on the opposite side. So it's going to be Isaiah Prince and C.J. Zoma, Drew Sample, or even Joe Mixon coming off the edge to, ch- to try to chip him, force him back inside. If it has to be Isaiah Prince again, I think he's got the athleticism to handle that. But you, you have to expect the Bengals to just account for Nick Bosa, just like they were going to account for Joey Bosa last week. I think yeah. Bosa Bosa's are pretty dangerous. No, but, both of the Bosas. Yeah. You know, and, if con- and concussions yeah. are bad, of course, but Daddy has a concussion before every show because he's gotten he's gotten a car that is so small, he's such a cheapo that he hits his head really hard as he exits the car. Well, uh, concussions, little concussions, they actually, they're, they're a good jolt. They get you going in the morning. It's not a bad thing. You That's a very bad thing. It's very dangerous. It's very dangerous. All the time. But well, uh, John, let me ask you something. So you mentioned how Joey Bosa was out with a concussion, I guess a, a big concussion, let's say, one of the bad ones. A real one. And a Not an imaginary one. Right. And uh, But they still had, what, six sacks? I don't know. Mm-hmm. They, they were still getting a lot of pressure on us. And I remember last show, you said that they don't have a lot other than Joey Bosa. When it comes to pass rush, well, they don't. They have Chris Rump. They have um, Inwosu. I don't know how to pronounce his first name. And those guys ate against guys that should have blocked yeah. them. Jonah Williams did not play well. Why? Quinn Spain did not play well. What happened? Players play bad sometimes. I don't no. know what to tell you. Jonah Williams, but, did, Jonah Williams did not play well. But it was like it was like from the get go, we were struggling against. Yeah, it was guys. bad. They which is a, which is a, which, it's a problem if you it's just like Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase you don't expect Joe Mixon to fumble that ball you don't expect right. Jamar Chase to turn that touchdown yeah, those are two plays it seemed like the whole game we had these guys you know, well part of it was also Burrow holding onto the ball a little bit too long oh, I think he took okay. six sacks and I think maybe two or three of them was because Burrow should have thrown it away or should have thrown it quicker than he did and it ended up being sacks but yeah in, in general Williams and Spain did not play like their usual selves so I guess what so maybe this game you know Burrow he learns quickly. 
be, you know, he's going to turn around maybe, and he's going to, be, to have a different approach in terms of protecting himself, especially with that but pinky. Th th this is my issue because in the two game winning streak before this, it was a lot of running. It was a lot of taking the pressure off of Burrow and their offense kind of changed quickly, right? Then they're down 24 points and they're forced into these obvious passing situations. And then they get down like 11 points in the final 10 minutes. And they, and again, they kind of abandon the run game because they have to, they have to score points. And this offense cannot under any circumstances generate positive drives when they're in obvious passing situations. And I think that's a problem if you're talking about this team being a legitimate playoff contender or a team that wants to win three of these final five games. They're, they're going to have to throw the ball. If, if they run yeah. into situations where they get down or maybe the running game gets stuffed because defense is key in on Joe Mixon like that, I don't know if, if despite how talented the receivers in Burrow are, like they haven't shown the ability to kind of win in these situations. It, it scares me. They have yeah. sometimes. It's weird. Sometimes they look so awesome. You know, speaking of awesome, Daddy, you had that article about Eli Apple. Right. And how much better he's getting. Yeah. And I, I have to say, I have enjoyed watching that young man grow this season. Because at yeah. first he was an embarrassment. And now I think he's an asset. I mean, John, I think he has an 88 PFF grade since the buy, right? What a, what the a man kid. Is good. What a he's kid. Good. Yeah. Here, here, here's the question, though. If Trey Waynes is able to return, say, in like two weeks' time, do you take Eli Apple off the field for him? I don't think so. Not until yeah, Trey Waynes shows something. He has to show that he deserves to start. I, I, I mean, Trey Waynes, he came in after a year and a half or whatever not playing. He didn't look very good in those two games. Right. And, and there's also the chi factor, which is when you're playing week after week, your chi is up. His chi is down. It's going to take him a few weeks to get the chi. Eli Apple's chi is, is off. I don't know what it is, chi. It's like it an is, energy. It is. It is incredible. It is incredible. He's, 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 he's looking really good. Yeah. I wonder if you read that article. I wonder if it, it boosted. Of course it did. Run. Of course it did. So, John, everything you said has lead, led me to believe that your prediction is going to be that the Bengals are going to barely pull this out. Yeah. That's that concussion talking. I think the Bengals win this, honestly. Oh, yeah. Because everything is going against them. Again, it's not a good matchup. Um, honestly, if you just look at the importance of this game, I don't. I think it's the least important game remaining on the schedule. It's an NFC team. They have three winnable games after this, and they only really need to win three. This okay. is the situation that they like to find themselves in when everyone starts counting them out. And they're, they were riding high off a two-game win streak. They come back down to earth, and they've managed to find ways to respond well. Despite this bat, this being a bad matchup and a lot of things going against them, I think they somehow surprised people and pulled this one out and kind of win by at least a touchdown. So I'm going to say like 20, I'm going to say 28 to 20. Nice. I like it. OG. Oh, who's your player of the game, John? Player of the game. Hmm. I kind of went on a rant about this last yeah. week, so I'm, I'm going to abstain there's that. there's no, there's no way of running away from it. No escape. Uh, but, but, but I am escaping this time. I'm going to say um, no player of the game. Yeah, there's no I in team. But here's the thing. So my turn, maybe I, I, I think that it, it is going to be a close one. I'm looking at something in the, shall we say, 30s for both. I think they're going to barely put it off. I do hope even McPherson finally does the 70 yard. Uh, field goal that I've been predicting, but I do think this is going to be Joe Mixon's game. I said that earlier. I think he's the X factor. I think he's the one with something to prove. He's the one who fumbled it. He's been looking great. Uh, the only caveat to my prediction is we're all assuming that the Joe Burrow dis dislocated pinky finger is no big deal. Mm 
And I think we're all hoping that. But I don't think you're really going to know that until Sunday. Because, no. you know, because, you know, a, a dislocated pinky, I'm not saying is a big deal, but it could very well cause uh, a missing of one game. I, and we won't know that until the game. I mean, you know, Oji, I mean, I mean it's, it's on his right hand. It's his throwing before he, before hand. The pinky came, is all, I'm a co- QB coach, right? So I tell you, yeah, but the pinky is all about ball country, stability. I think 90% of your medicine was just that guy who cracked your bones, put them back in place. Right. That was I still go knew. to him. I still go to him. So, I mean, if they have that, I mean, remember Kobe Bryant, John, do you remember? He just, he, he like dislocated his finger. He went and uh, Gary Vetti was the guy, the Lakers trainer, just popped it back into place and it went right back out there. Remember? Kobe, no. you, mean, you mean the UC cornerback? Kobe Bryant. No, the, 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 oh, the, oh, the basketball player. Yeah, um, right. I don't remember that. Yeah. No, but but here's the thing. I'm I'm with all of you and I don't think it's a big deal. I'm saying that my caveat for my prediction is assuming that he is tip-top shape this week, which I think he is. Yeah. Well, but the pinky finger, right pinky finger is important for QB. It is the most, it is the more important of the two pinky fingers, the right one, if you're right-handed. Yeah. That's that well, analysis uh, we love. Yeah. If you're left-handed, it's the left pinky finger that becomes more important. I see. That is some insight there. But I would say this. I think that uh, the, uh, the, the Bengals are going to lay down on Sunday, unfortunately. I think they're going to lay down. And, you know, the final score will be 37 to 12 Bengals. They're going to lay now, down. Now, how is that laying down? Well, because, you know, after the game, they're going to do the little, you know, Oh, live, right, the, live. The they're going to make the snow angels. I see. They're going to yeah. make the snow angels in the, snow in the angels end zone. in the grass. Right. Yes, they're going to lay down. They lay down, down on their yeah. backs and just take it easy after an incredible win. Laying down is what it. you should do after you suffer those car concussions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, John, lay down know, some money is what you should do to buy something that was made thank you, in the 2000s. Thank you for that transition. Yes. So, promotion is, thank you, Courtney. You can go to patreon.com slash dhsports or you can become a member. John, right? You said you told me. Okay. And you can go, you know, any, look, it's a free country. You are free to pay us however you like. Everybody, look, everybody has a charity they give to. I think it's kind of funny that that you're hoping you will get the presidential medal of freedom for this. For begging for money for our show. You'd be surprised. You just watch in 2024. This year, we haven't had a lot of good presidential freedoms. But 2024, I'm guessing it's going to be four years of not good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and they're just going to give them out to to all sorts of people like me. And we're going to get sick of winning, right? You're going to get sick of winning. I'm already kind of sick of winning. The Bengals this year have been incredible. And uh, it would not have been possible. I literally mean that the Bengals would not have been this successful if it wasn't for a great patrons. So many to even mention. I'm not just saying that because I forgot to write their names down. There's just so many. I think there's three. So please Rewise go to men or women who are supporting the show with the frankincense and myrrh of their hearts. Thank you, Oji. And uh, that is basically all we have. But, you know, we need you to 
also, in addition to giving money, you go leave a five-star review, you uh, like, you subscribe, you click Make on some notifications, comments. leave some comments, subscribe. Tell us what you thought of our guest, and uh, read John's article. Hey, and you know what? Hey, you know, if for the fans out there, could you put a comment in the YouTube section? Is is this show better when it's just the three of us or when we have guests? Because this isn't, I won't tell you what we all think on this show, but we all have debates about this. Right. It's actually cheaper when we have the guest. But yeah, that's all we have. See you next time. So long as Sweetie Pies. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.